Hello, everybody. Thanks for downloading You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode was recorded as part of the Benson Ball, the annual comedy festival that Brightest Young Thinks produces every year in Washington, D.C. It's a good episode. I think it's really, really solid, and I want to thank all the people that filled up the room. Uh, it's a lot easier and a lot better when we do this show in front of a packed room, and so I want to thank everybody for that. I'd also like to thank everybody that helped out with the show, specifically uh, Grace, who manned the merch table, and co-host Allison Lane, and uh, consistent contributor Haywood Turnipseed Jr., our traveling comic from out of town, Ian Abramson, our house band, Ryan Little, our guest, Gavin Holland, etc., etc. One plug before we begin the show, the You Me Them Everybody returns to the Wonderland Ballroom on Friday, November 6th, 2015, and then we'll be having our six-year anniversary show in Chicago later in November. Details will be announced quite soon. Without further ado, here's You Me Them Everybody live at the Wonderland Ballroom as part of Benson Ball on October 2nd, 2015. You want to play my theme song? Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. That's enough of the theme song. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. You came to the Wonderland Ballroom. This is Benson Ball Show. It's a very full room. Please make noise so I don't sound insane. <laughs> Lovely. That's the best. Here's the issue. I am a 32-year-old man with a wife that rules and a job that's pretty great. You shouldn't like me. Here's something that you will like. I'm a big wrestling fan. I know everyone in this hipster bar loves wrestling. Yeah, that's right, three white males. You get it. All right, here's the thing. Favorite wrestler growing up was the Ultimate Warrior because his favorite wrestling move was cocaine. So... My very good friend, her name is Stephanie Haas, and you should all know her and follow her on Twitter, at sign Steph Haas. She's a wonderful human being. She is an angel, and if you don't think so, well, then maybe you just need to know her, because she's an awesome person. Anyways, she bought me a lapel pin, because she knows I love wearing shittily made suits and pins. So, on me, right now, Ultimate Warrior lapel pin, because she's a good friend. That's what this show is about. Friendship, making friends, talking about the Ultimate Warrior. Guys, I can't, like, please turn that off. Ryan Little, everybody. House fan, Ryan Little. Here's the thing. Uh, if you don't know about the Ultimate Warrior, that cocaine joke was not really a joke, more of a truth, and he legally changed his name to Warrior and then went on a very homophobic speaking tour. So I can no longer like the Ultimate Warrior. Guess what? It's okay to like things as children and then change your mind. It's okay. You need to learn about things and change teams. It's okay to change teams. I'm, for the people listening at home, I'm currently taking off my Ultimate Warrior pin that I wore. That's okay. He's dead. He's, he, he died. He died of a heart attack at 54, like most people that don't do cocaine and steroids. Um, last week, I was in Chicago, Illinois, where I'm from, because I was in a very good friend's wedding. Are you cheering for weddings or Chicago? <laughs> Hell yeah, Chicago is the best. No offense, D.C. We're in Washington, D.C. for the people listening at home. So I was in a wedding, and uh, I was honored to be in the wedding. Uh, this is a very old friend of mine, uh, super old friend of mine. So I had to give a bachelor party uh, speech because you're at a bachelor party, and you have to do that because the best man wants you to. So my speech was all about taking his soon-to-be wife to Planned Parenthood when she was 15 years old because he was busy taking a college tour because <laughs> he was a more successful high school student than I. And then I was told, hey, that's inappropriate because her conservative brother's here. And I said, I don't care, because that's a fact that happened. Now, Planned Parenthood is a big sponsor of the Benson Ball and vice versa. It's important. 
I'm not going to change anyone's mind in this room because the fact that you're in Columbia Heights on a Friday night at a talk show in a bar makes me think you're on the side of Planned Parenthood. I don't think I'm going to change anything. Um, I told my mother this, and she told me that she actually went to the exact same Planned Parenthood uh, when she was a young woman, and that shocked me in an awesome way. That was like for the first time in my adult life, I was proud of my mother's decisions. And I realized why I was a big proponent of Planned Parenthood other than just being not insane. Um, at that time, my mother was trying to live her dreams. That's all she was trying to do. My friend, when I took her to Planned Parenthood when she was 15, she was just trying to live her dreams. That's kind of all Planned Parenthood does. It lets people have the opportunity to live their own dreams. Quick aside here. Has, have you met anyone that's against Planned Parenthood that's actually trying to do something cool in life? <laughs> Ever? Now, I'm not saying, like, they're not, like, they don't have a, they have a good family or whatever, but, like, something in any way creative or fulfilling. <laughs> I have yet to meet that person. Now, I don't think those are bad people. I just don't think that they think about people's dreams that aren't themselves. Now, my mother now... <laughs> probably is not that happy that I'm not trying to breed. I'm not trying to breed because I'm trying to live my dreams. <laughs> That's it. Now, like I said before, I have an awesome wife. She rules. I'm medium to good at most days. <laughs> I could have a child, but I want to do silly things like this. And she wants to live her dream, so we're on that team. Now, if you're between puberty and still trying in life, it's your responsibility to tell that person in your life, hey, maybe you're wrong. Now, don't call them a fucking asshole like I do because that's a horrible thing to do. That's not going to encourage conversation. Don't just shut them out of your life. Try to have a dialogue. If you know a troll in your life, everyone in this room has a family member that's a troll, it is your responsibility to go, hey, you want to have sex with a cool person ever? Don't be a troll online. That's it. It's not that hard of a conversation. If you think that's a hard conversation, come talk to me after the show. I'll give you some notes. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's your responsibility as a cool person. You're in a bar on a Friday night at a talk show. You're a cool person. To call these people out, right? You're not going to be able to change most people, but it's worth a shot. Now, if I continue to like the ultimate warrior, knowing the facts I know now, that would be insane. He went on a speaking tour with his legal name, Warrior. His now widow's legal name is Dana Warrior. She works at a gym in Tampa. Nailed it. We're all cool, and we're trying not to fuck up, but occasionally we fuck up. Um, I'm part of Bryce Young Things, and I got an email a few hours before the show, and I'm going to uh, read a little bit to you. Greetings. I'm not going to say the person's name because privacy, and he's actually not a troll. I've never felt compelled to write before, and it feels strange writing now, but the closeout to the Benson Ball invite struck me as a little over the top. I do not deny that any organization has the right and noble duty to stand up for his ideas and principles. I would respect your organization less if it did not do exactly that. Though the general swipe against conservatives, almost as though their participation was not welcomed at events, seemed a little harsh. And uh, this guy is right. 
Um, BYT fucked up earlier today, and we said something uh, in an email blast that we shouldn't have. And we just kind of had an off-handed bullshit remark against conservatives because pro-Planned Parenthood. You could be conservative and be on the right side of history. It's okay. It's doable. I'm sorry to that guy. I fuck up all the time. All of us fuck up all the time. But that's okay. In the end of the day, we could share a drink and talk about how awesome Attitude Era wrestling was. That's what this show is about. That's what everything is about. We're, it doesn't matter what's... Obviously, we're all on the exact same side and we're all going to vote Bernie, even though it's not going to actually happen. But you know what I mean? <laughs> we can have disagreements and be fucking cool people. And in theory, that's what this show is. So Ryan's going to play a little bit of a theme song. And I'm going to talk to Allison because she's an awesome lady. Okay, play the theme song, everybody. Perfect. Uh, Friends was a documentary about how there was three black people in New York City between the years 1994 and 2001. That's, uh, it was a great show. Uh, <laughs> Allison Lane's here. Say hi to Allison, everybody. Allison, we're going to make this short because our guest needs to get out of here because he's got a job. What are those? Great. (laughs) Allison, um, you did something uh, between the last show that we did together and tonight, and it's something that we advised you against on the last show. What is that? Yes. So my lovely married friends advised me against getting a tattoo. Not so much against a tattoo. Tattoos are great. They're great expressions of self. What does your tattoo tattoo say? My tattoo says, happy birthday. Go fuck yourself. That's a negative (laughs) message. (laughs) It's really not. Everybody has a birthday. Stop fucking telling me about it. But you're the one. Don't ask me for a drink. I don't care. (laughs) But... But you're the one that sees the tattoo every day. Not I the love per- it. You know what else is fucked up about it? It says happy birthday, like right side up. And it says go fuck yourself upside down. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, ah, go fuck yourself. And I have to deal with that every morning. So you, because it's so easy in America for a black woman. You just need to have a negative message on your arm Basically, that says My like, mom hey, loves it, by the way. That's nice to hear, yeah. actually. My mom supports it. Why? Oh, God. I don't. There you go. I disagree Surprise, completely. white guy. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Actually, we're going we're gonna to talk much longer later. Is that okay? That's fair. Cool. I'm going to ask another white guy about his opinion on your tattoo. <laughs> Ryan, you ready to play Gavin on? That's perfect. Woo! Let this play. Coming to the stage is a man that you probably know. Please just put your hands together for Gavin Holland, everybody. Gavin! Hi, everybody. Um... You're going to use this microphone. Yeah, yes, that's Allison. exactly what I wanted to happen. So, in a way, that was perfect. Oh Here's why. You work in sound for a living. I do. It looks spontaneous, right? But no. You have to leave here in 10 minutes to go where? To the uh, wild, wonderful W Hotel. Well, Why? <laughs> You're not just going to go hang out in a hotel room. Oh, I'm uh, going to DJ at that there hotel. There you go. Thank you Sorry. so much. Sorry. DJing on the rooftop, very fancy. Yes. How does it feel to be a fancy man? It's interesting because I used to throw a weekly uh, Tuesday night party here. And, you know, the Wonderland's not viewed as fancy. Um, the but w it's like is the fanciest. As, it's pretty awesome, actually. I know. Thank you so much. So. Do you like the W? You can't say shit because you work there. 
Here's what I think of the W. Here's what I think of the W. I think it's a place with a great view. Yes. And I'll leave it at that. Um, I will say that uh, they, I can say on record they need to work on uh, hastil, you know, hastily paying their DJs. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it is actually awesome. Since you brought up money, you know, uh, how right much money there. do you make a year? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I make over a million dollars a year. <laughs> it's about one point. Well, we're moving on. That gorgeous laugh will be featured on the show in roughly 30 minutes. You'll know who that is later. Here's a question I can't ask most people that have been on the show. I'm ready. I feel like I knew you. This is horrible. I feel like I knew you before I even moved here. I've heard of your name since I've been here. I'm really famous, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why does everyone know you? How do you do that? You know, if you want to keep your mom happy, if you're a, a full-time DJ, you have to keep showing up in the Washington Post. <laughs> so that, you know, at least it's like, hey, mom, I'm in the Washington Post. So, Yeah, what you does know. your mom think of you? Uh, she's actually really awesome. She's an artist herself. Um, and, like, our house where I grew up is littered with her own oil paintings. So she was surprisingly, like, supportive. See, that makes me not like you. Because, okay. like, I don't like people with supportive parents. Like, I don't get it. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, you know, when I, uh, when I left XM Radio and then I kind of quickly decided, like, okay, maybe I can not go broke doing this. We'll see. Wait, I was you, like, just, you thought of that after you quit the job? Yeah. That's brave. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking, like, okay, you know, maybe I can do this. The worrisome part is confronting your mother with that news. Like, your mom, she's not going to be okay. And she was like, sure, if I don't have to pay for it, then absolutely, yeah. hit it. You're, yeah. you're not, you're not, is it fair to say you're not in your 20s? I am not. And you're still Early full-time 30s. DJ. Do you feel like you're too old for this shit? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah I, uh, you learn, but, um, you know, if anything, you, you get better at, at some things. There's a, there's a wonderful man named Denman. Do you know who Denman is? Of course. Denman! That's Denman! That's her. F- Go ahead, Ryan. You know, most like big time DJs are definitely in their thirties. No, no, we're getting there. It's okay. tr- yeah, I know. also I true. Most of the lo- the ones that bring in the biggest money. Yeah, I know Diplo personally. Diplo, yeah. Same. We think alike. Yeah, I know Skrillex. He was in a hardcore band. That's a true fact. Skrillex he dated my sister-in-law's friend. He's a weird guy. He's a nice guy too. Anyways, me and Skrillex real tight. We both tight. wear glasses. Anyways. You're an adult man. You're an adult man, and you're doing something that's actually really difficult to do and enjoy. So the real question is, do you still enjoy what you do? Yeah. I, I mean, that, that kind of goes without saying. Like, No, it doesn't. To... No, it doesn't. People get trapped, and then they end up performing on cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I was like... on a cruise with Limp Biscuit in this calendar year. <laughs> None of them were happy. <laughs> For the young people, that's the love boat theme. <laughs> Can I... This makes me want to tell a quick story. Yeah, that's why you're in a talk show. You're great. That for my 30th birth- birthday, I am in my early 30s. Yes. It was a big night. My mom took me and my girlfriend out to feel Amare, and we walk in, and there is a guy who is, uh, like me currently, not clean-shaven, 
and wearing a hat that is just a Grammys, like I won a Grammy hat. <laughs> and Oakley, like kind of 90s SoCal type shades in an extremely expensive restaurant. And both my girlfriend and I were like, that guy's in a band. And that is hilarious that he is wearing his Grammy winning uh, baseball cap in a really expensive restaurant. And it took me a while, but then I found out it was Monkey from Corn. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! Corn is playing next week at the Fillmore Silver Spring. Their debut album, front to back, not a joke. I might be going as a JK with my good friend Chris over there. That's happening now. Why? He's bringing out the. Wow. Why, why would we go? Why? Or why, are they... why is Corn still doing this stuff? Because money. <sighs> That's fair. Okay. Yes. <laughs> did you t- did you talk to Monkey? No, you got to be cool around celebrities, man. I used to work at XM Radio. I know this stuff. <laughs> Can we talk bad about celebrities right now? Okay. Who's the biggest asshole you ever had to deal Asia. with? Asia. Did you hear there was no pause in that question? Asia? It was the heat of the moment. Oh, shit. Yeah, they were the worst. I didn't know the name of that. I knew it was the name of a band. I only know that as a reference at this point from 40-Year-Old Virgin. You have a framed Asia poster. Uh, I don't have a framed Asia poster, but uh, no, yeah. That literally went over... Everyone's head. <laughs> Full room. Not one person has seen the movie The Forty Year Old Virgin. Not that intense. Yeah. As a general rule, like rappers are cool. Uh, you know, over the hill white guys not cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss New Rich? I do. I think it was a really fun time. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for so the people, time. could you please explain it for the for the people that are under twenty five? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect audience participation. Listen, I'm going to give you something after the show. This is not like a weird coming on to you thing. I got a wife. She's great. No, I'm going to give you a gift after the show. Because usually people just say that, and then they talk to their friends about that time. They maybe went to that thing. You're perfect. Don't ever change. I don't know how to like explain to people what you did, but it was perfect. You're great. Going back to you. I mean, if you're asking for a description of the party, the only description I can give is, you know, when it was located at, at DC9 for a while, if you walk up the stairs, you are, you can tell when your head hits the humidity cloud, and then it washes over your body as you keep going up the stairs. Yeah. Can I tell you about my first Nubarish experience? Yeah, please. It was at U Street Music Hall. Nice. And I brought my friend, because I was like, oh my God, I heard Nubarish, they're like these three cute guys, whatever. We go to U Street Music Hall. Long story short, she lost her pants. <laughs> I swear to God, she lost a pair of pants, and everybody was like completely fine with it. They're like, "All right, cool." Th- so I mean, there are there are time. several confirmed cases of yeah, sex at Nouveau Riche. Yeah, so, yes. it was completely normal. Possible. It was a great time. <sighs> See, I can't even lie and be like, "Yeah, there's a bunch of confirmed cases of people having sex at you meet them." Everybody. <laughs> A show we've been doing for six years. This is episode 375. It's a real special show tonight. Now, maybe someone made out drunk on accident at one of my shows. Man, that's cool. So you kind of... So if if you have a regular DJ night and people are having sex, like, where do you go from there other than down? Like, it's just got to be sad right now. No, not at all, because you you get more into making music, you know? Whatever. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's, uh, you know, more or less, uh, you know, your fancy gigs, quote unquote, like the W uh, pay more. So I kind of DJ less gigs, but 
I spend my days the W making pays music. more than DC9 on a DJ night? Well, you know, it varies. It you're varies. so diplomatic yeah. and lovely. <laughs> um, shit, you're over the time. you got to get out of here. Um, True. You're a very, very nice man. It's so nice, nice to man. see. I, 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 the last time I saw you, we might have been DJing together. Yeah, at the record fair. And the funny yeah. thing is uh, I don't know how to DJ. Uh, I've been doing it for 12 years. I'm really good at it, guys. I always say everyone's a DJ. You're so nice. You're such a nice man. Uh, don't go to the W because you're not going to like it, but where can they see you DJ that they will enjoy? Uh, I have a, I have a, actually a bunch of weddings this weekend, but I'm usually at like Lost Society, 14th and U. It's, it's a, a place, if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. So I, I'm usually there if I'm not doing a wedding or something. You're yeah. such a nice man. I try. I try. I know. It's so obvious, too. Hey, uh, DJs, be more like this guy. He knows how to talk and make eye contact. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Gavin Holland, everybody. Thank you, guys. You are so good. I'm going to take that mic. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt the show, I just wanted to let you know that the next set you're going to hear from Ian Abramson is quite good, and there's parts that are visual. There are photos of this set. Just go to youmethemeverybody.com, check on the show description, and then you could find some photos of this specific set. It's very, very good, and without the photos, it doesn't make 100% of sense, but even so, I think it's quite good, so I didn't cut anything out. That explains some of the stuff that, uh, some of the laughs you'll hear that don't exactly make sense. Let's get back to the show. Take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. That was actually, we didn't plan that music. You have no idea who's coming up next. But that was actually perfect, no joke. Um, the last time this guy did the show uh, was two years ago at the Hungry Brain in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Ian. Uh, used to live in Chicago, Illinois, and he moved to Los Angeles in the Bel Air area on January 1st. A few days ago, he was named uh, the best comic in LA Weekly. Not a joke. He is so fucking great, and I've set the bar way too high for anyone to deliver, and I apologize completely. I'm so glad he's on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my delight to introduce you to Ian Abramson, everybody. Ian, do whatever you want. All right, how are we doing tonight? Are we doing all right? Come on, give it up for you guys. Let yourselves hear it. Yeah! All right. Uh, we're surviving a hurricane, right? Is that, is that true? Yeah? Wh what is the hurricane's name? Have we named it yet? Joaquin. Is that true? It's Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> Just Joaquin. All right, it won't rise from the ashes. Thank God. Bread for a boy's name. <laughs> Okay, great. We're, I'll keep that on the top of the list. Um, I just moved to L.A., and I found that people in L.A. are very giving. Uh, you can laugh out loud, sir. You're holding your mouth. It's like, you know, I, I'd, love, I'd love to hear the laughs. All right. Um, all right, no more laughs. I, I just moved to L.A., and I found that people in L.A. are very giving. Uh, right on the side of the road the other day for the taking, I picked up some candles and some stuffed animals. <laughs> picked up a portrait of an old man. I'd love to thank the guy, but all it says is Rip Dave. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, tell me if this has happened to you guys. Google asked me to reset my password. They said they needed eight unique characters. So I entered an entire Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> and they had the gall to deny that. Too long. Come on. All right. Uh, I think it's the perfect length. 
Um, do you guys like impressions? Well, I got her number. I like them impressions. Goodwill Hunting. Thank you so much. All right. First impression of the evening. Okay, I'm going to do a series of impressions for you guys, okay? This is my impression of a kernel of popcorn. Ta-da! Thank you guys so much. Kernel of popcorn, okay? This is my impression. This is my impression of a matchstick. Thank you guys so much, matchstick, okay? This is my impression of an umbrella on a windy day. <laughs> and then it gets thrown away. Um, all right, this next, uh, this next impression this is my impression of a man that does not know that he has brain cancer. Hey, traffic is the worst, right? <laughs> okay, uh, next impression. This is my impression of a, of a suicidal germaphobe. Okay, suicidal germaphobe. Thank you so much. Suicidal germaphobe, okay? Uh, up next, this is my impression of a nervous candle. All right, nervous candle. Here we go. Oh, my God, nervous candle. Okay, uh, coming up next, this is last impression. This is my impression of a gun doing stand-up comedy, okay? Gun doing stand-up comedy. Hey, I'm a gun. I know what you're thinking. Is this guy loaded? No bullets. We got a beach house in Miami. <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> so with a girl last week. She said, hey, you got any protection? I said, baby, what do you think I am? She said, by the looks of it, trigger happy. <laughs> Bullseye. <laughs> she said, look, I don't know if I want to get involved with a pistol. And I said, hey, just because you mess around with a hand job doesn't mean you got to whack anybody off. <laughs> Bullseye. Gun doing stand-up comedy. Thank you so much. Um, I require that they do that in all of my sets. Oh, man. Uh, the other day, my friend asked me, hey, is that a banana in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? And I said, listen, it can be both. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is I want to talk to you guys about sexual health, okay? Um, uh, Trojan Condoms is paying me to do this next part. Um, it's important that you know how to properly put on a condom, okay? Uh, the thing about condoms is you got to make sure to pick the right condom for you. If you get one that's too big, it can slip off. Too small, it can rip, okay? So you want to make sure to get one that's right for your purposes. So what you do is you... Uh, you take the condom, okay, and you spread it over. Uh, <laughs> you sp uh, okay, I think it goes on this side. Sorry. <laughs> you spread it over the tip of the penis. And you guys ever take a job and exaggerate your experience? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to inflate this. Did you guys see the reservoir tip at the end? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to show you on a real penis. I'm so sorry about this. You guys ever uh, take a job and are no longer qualified for it? Okay, uh, oh man, uh, moving on. Are you guys familiar with David Mamet, the playwright? David Mamet? All right, we got one David Mamet fan. Um, Mamet, Mamonites. Uh, all right, Mamory's in the... Okay, um... Uh, David Mamet, a uh, very dramatic playwright, okay? Um, I'm going to do a monologue from one of his plays from the perspective of an ATM, okay? Uh, very dramatic monologue, theatrical monologue from the perspective of an ATM. I am an ATM machine. An automated teller machine. Machine. ATM machine. That's what I am. That's what I've always been. You looking for money? All I am is money. Money, some spare parts, and a hard plastic exterior. Oh, you're in a hurry? You got some place to be? Well, I've got nowhere to go. I'm never not fucking here. You know why? 
because you're out late with the boys looking to go home to your girl, but you need a 20 for a cab. Where are you going to go? I stay put 365 so you know where you can go to get that cold, hard cash. And you're goddamn right the cash is cold. This is much life in a $20 bill as there is left in Andrew fucking Jackson. We both know what the game is here. You give me a card and I give you some currency, but neither of us can give each other any kind of respect because I'm a whore for you and you're a whore for the money that I got in me. So you listen here. Don't you ever hit me again. Don't you ever think I'm taking too long because I'll tell you this, I take just as long as I'm supposed to. You hear me? Just as long as I was made to. You're lucky that I don't take twice as long and you're lucky that I don't go so fast. Your money spills on the floor like it's my blood and like you fucking killed me. And if you don't like the fees that it takes to use me, then go use somebody else. And then go get used by the rest of the fucking world because I don't give a shit what bank you're with. My job is to give you money. And I've been working hard at that job since they plugged me into this dump. So when you come up to me begging for cash, you look at me in the fucking screen. <laughs> you punch in your goddamn pen and be patient because I ought to grab you by the collar and say, fuck you, this money's mine because it's inside me and it's all that I have. <laughs> but a man knows his place. And I ain't even a man. I'm an ATM machine. And I will be till I give my last goddamn dollar. ATM machine, Mo David Mann monologue, thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much, my name's Ian Abramson. Hey man, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Should I be making eye contact with you or the audience? Whatever you want. Great, okay, I'm making eye contact with you, but I'm talking to him, please, don't interrupt. Do you hate comics that just go up and riff? What do you think I just did? You think any of that was pre-prepared? That was all made up on the spot. Do you want a banana? <laughs> kind of. I have one. You're welcome to it. Hello? All right. Hey, how perfect was that? All right, okay. Come on. All right. Yeah. I <laughs> God, I wish that could happen every time. Um, okay, so you do this show, and I've been trying... Yeah, I just did it. Come on. Let's keep up. Come on. Who's, who's driving this thing? Huh? The last time we were together on stage, I just yelled at you about Kanye West for 10 minutes. <laughs> that might happen. Great. He's the best. Okay. Don't laugh. You're the worst audience member I've ever had. You went from best to worst real fucking fast. Don't you ever laugh at 2020 presidential candidate Kanye West. 808s and heartbreaks is fucking underrated. Watch it. Thank you so much. You do a show. It's called Seven Minutes in Purgatory. I do. I'm doing it tomorrow in D.C. I've been trying to explain this show to people for six months, and it just doesn't make <laughs> sense. So why don't I give the pitch, and then you actually correct it? Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That, that works for me. It's sort of performance art, sort of stand-up comedy. That's the worst way to pitch this. Maybe that's why it's not going well. And you it's, You're doing great, buddy. It's perfect it's sort of like a comic goes into a panic room and just you see what happens so this is what happens if this was seven minutes in purgatory ian would be performing outside and you would be watching him on a screen in the room he has no idea how the audience reaction is going stand-up comedy is an art form that feeds on audience interactions you kind of don't know what's funny until you say it out loud and you see a reaction this takes out the reaction these shows are amazing, and these clips are amazing, but how the fuck do you explain that to people? 
Uh, yeah, so, so we're doing the show tomorrow at that uh, the DC Improv, and yes. the, the way that the show works is comedians perform to a camera in one room, and the audience watches in a separate room. All right, so uh, that means that wherever you guys are sitting, you would be watching a screen of a live feed of a comedian performing in another way, uh, in another room. So that means they have no idea whether or not you guys are laughing. Uh, you, they could be completely killing, they could be completely bombing, and either way, there's no feedback. Now here's the thing. Um, it sounds like you're just watching videotape. It's not videotape. <laughs> it's live. It's yeah. it's surreal. Okay, there are two that I love. Uh, number one is someone you've never heard of. She performed at Benson Ball last year. Her name is Katie McVeigh. She has a fucking mental breakdown and just starts screaming, and it's amazing. The the man you have heard of is Kyle Kinane, and uh, Kyle Kinane just starts doing character work and like uh, uh, object work. Kyle Kinane is not known for his object work with <laughs> items around him. It freaks you out, man. It's like performing in silence, and it's amazing. Is that a, is this helping? at all i can't tell i mean you'd have to ask them i'm I, not going to i Listen. feel yeah but I, I i think that it's uh it's a fun weird experience it's people that are uh very good at stand-up um with kind of a a different dynamic uh in a room alone trying to figure out what the heck they're they're doing can you talk about who didn't do well uh, the, the, what's fun is that um, if you're sitting down to watch the show, you know what it is that they're going through. So while Katie McVeigh is screaming, being like, what is going on? That's a lot of fun to see. Oh, it's you know? great. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah, um, didn't did great. someone uh, pull out their penis at the AV festival? That uh, <laughs> Penises have been pulled out on three separate occasions. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Three? Yeah, three separate you occasions. You haven't done the show more than 20 times. That's true, yeah. Yeah. That's a high <laughs> fucking <laughs> ratio of penis to shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric Andre, we d- we have peed on the roof um, of where the comedians were performing. So that means that the, the comedians were performing above the audience. They basically got peed on. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, Eric Andre peed on the roof, and I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the set, so because I'm uh, I'm not in the room with them. They're they're completely alone. So he was just alone on a roof, and I go out there, and I I am like, what is? There's the stools knocked over. There's liquid on the floor, not knowing it's pee, uh, and it, it was it felt like I had walked into an episode of CSI. Hell you know? yeah, um, the late great CSI. Give it up for William Patterson, the late great departed William Patterson. Give it up. <laughs> Holy shit, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. You guys don't know how smart that is. That's the smartest thing that's ever happened on a podcast. Who else Who else pulled out their penis? Uh, uh, Hi, new people to the room. How are you? This is a talk show. His name is Ian. And I'm here to talk to you about penises being pulled out. Um, so Brent Weinbach did not pull out his own penis, uh, but someone else's penis made an appearance. Was it consensual? Yes. Badass. Yes, yes. Okay, who was the third? Um, the third was, uh, oh God, who, how do you forget this? (laughs) How is this not the easiest thing to remember? Well, I'll tell you with Brent Weinbach, it was a great bit because he, he thought that uh, he, he was like tilting the camera as if like, haha, I'm making you look kind of at my crotch. And then all of a sudden, uh, a naked man just walked into frame and there is never like, it was one of the most shocking moments of my life to suddenly see a. 15 foot penis on a giant screen. It was it was incredible. That sounds cool. Yeah. How do you prepare people for this or do you even prepare them? Is it better than they just go in not knowing what the hell to do? Sometimes people like to go in with a plan and do something like Brent Weinbach uh, did where it's just like playing with the the dynamic in a really fun crazy way. I'm excited for the lineup tomorrow cuz we we've, we've got some really great people that I think will do some creative things. Please say some names that will in theory sell some tickets to the show. <laughs> 
Okay, do they actually have to be on the show? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, Ronald Reagan is doing the show. Uh, he's going to pull his penis out for sure. So, <laughs> Good local reference there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to live around here, right? Hi, guys. I'm a comedian. Um, yeah, uh, Tig Notaro was on the show for one, so that's really exciting. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see what she does with, uh, with no feedback, and um, I'm sure it'll be hilarious. Uh, uh, Nori Davis, who's in from New York. Oh, man, I absolutely, if you guys haven't seen him, this is a great chance that's to see That's not selling him. any tickets. Fair Say enough. Say a name, okay. people know. Yeah. Say a name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard of uh, Tig Notaro? already mentioned Tig Notaro. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm sweating. Um, people in the room, you know Andrew Bucket, right? He's going to have a fucking mental breakdown tomorrow at the DC Improv at 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that. That's going to be great. I'm Good luck with that. Yeah? Yeah. Will he pull his penis out, you think? <sighs> Him or John F. O'Donnell might pull out their <laughs> penis. There's, it's like 50-50 with JFOD. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Um, here's the thing about you. Uh, you're talented and smart. Oh, go on. But you live in L.A. Uh-huh. Why do you live in L.A.? <laughs> Because you're talented and smart, I just see you wasting away out there. What's going on? You know, I I mean, that's where the entertainment industry is, you know? What a great answer. Now, yeah. what's your goal? How do you do, the, like, w what you're doing and make a living out of it? You know, I love doing stand-up. This feels so, I feel like I'm getting a, a like, I'm going to put you guys to sleep. Yeah. Um, not like you're going to fall asleep. I think I'm going to euthanize you. Um <laughs> Yeah, I uh, you know I love doing stand up. I like Ugh. putting together shows, right? <laughs> so boring. No, this is so boring. Come yeah. on. I led by b answering a banana as a telephone. Um That's now good. I'm talking about like, you know, I like to do stand up. <laughs> uh, just a very You're boring a thinking answer. man's comic. Listen, I I think you're absolutely amazing. Thank you Obviously, very much. everyone that's a comedy nerd already knows that. Um for the brand new people, I hope you enjoyed eating them. That's the second time tonight where he's dislodged a microphone. <laughs> um All right, fixed. Okay, uh, people should follow you on Twitter. Yeah. What is your Twitter handle? At YTME. Thank you so much. Uh, that's not even it, but that's... Isn't so that yours? YMTE. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I was close. I like you so much. If you're free tomorrow afternoon, it's going to be horrible outside. You might as well stay inside at the DC Improv at 2.30 in the afternoon. Ian Abramson, everybody. He is so fucking good. Thank you so much, man. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, Allison and I are going to talk for a few minutes because I know the last segment of the night is going to isolate the entire room. And I'm not so much saying sorry, but just like, I know that. I love it. <laughs> so this is a little time for, in theory, everyone to enjoy. And then the last segment of the show, oh my, I love it so much. It's going to make everyone feel very comfortable. Anyways. I'm excited. Allison. What? <laughs> Allison. Yes. You dress with confidence and style. I did today. How? <laughs> how? Yeah, how do you pull this shit off? Because well, if I wore exactly what you're wearing, that would look horrible. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Thank you yeah, so you much, Yeah, you look Brandon. amazing. Um, I woke up like this. Beyonce. So you sleep in makeup is what you're saying. I just woke up like about 30 minutes before the show. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> now, you work in the bar industry. I do. Uh, when is the last time you saw someone having sex and or been around someone having sex in oh the bar? Oh, my God. A year ago. I used to work at a club. What? Uh, what's the name? Do you no longer work there? I don't work there anymore. What's the name of the club? Uh, 18th Street Lounge. 18th Street Lounge. 
Go there if you want some dirty. So, actually, this is kind of fucked up. I used to live tweet my uh, my nights. I know. That's why I'm mentioning <laughs> this. <laughs> I used to live tweet when I worked there. It was club life. And I've actually seen a man get so hammered and on a bunch of drugs. He was, like, talking to me. And then all of a sudden, he drops down, does a crab walk in a circle, tries to spit on his face, and then falls down the stairs. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. But the last time I did see somebody have sex there, I was like, what the hell's going on? Why do you have a giant bag? What's happening? These people... I didn't even know how to, like, to start how it happened. They were literally in the middle of a dance floor having sex. And nobody was like, we're just like, I don't know, they're just so entranced by house music. They're like, you know what? This is perfect. This is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to do, you know what? Let them live. Did they finish? No. Wait, how did they not finish? What I, do don't, I don't know. Uh, wait, how do you know that they didn't finish? I don't know their life. I wasn't in it. All right, fine. You disappointed me completely know, at the end of that story. I thought it was going to be cool. Like, and now it here's the baby. Bang. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you still work in the industry. I do. And I'm so sorry about that. I'm not. Great. Keep getting more tattoos that Thank say you. dirty words on them. My mom's still going to love me. Uh, speaking of moms and love, our final guest of the evening <laughs> is, a, is a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of the show. He's maybe the most frequent guest in the show history. I think he's one of the funniest people in DC. And I think he's—I know he's the funniest person ever from Gary, Indiana. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. That's true, but okay. Uh, it's my pleasure to bring him to stage, ladies and gentlemen, for color commentary. Please put your hands together for Haywood Turnipse Jr. Everybody. I want the Jeffersons. <laughs> really quick, really quick, really quick. Not a joke, not a joke. Was there one black character with a line in the entire run of Home Improvement? No. Nope. Wasn't that show based in Detroit? W yep. Wel <laughs> welcome to Color Commentary. Hell yeah. Okay, so... Hell, he said, hell yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My friend... Fucking racist. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's worse. It's worse than racist. It's a wrestling thing. So um, my friend Ian Douglas Terry, that's a name drop, but it's mostly just like me completely giving him credit slash blaming him. I, I did a thing with him in May. We did a festival together, and he says, hell yeah, like every fifth phrase. That's just my new bro. And, I'm, and I initially said bro ironically, and now that's just how I talk. There's you say a bro? I say bro unironically. When did you start doing that? Three years ago. And I say hell yeah maybe every tenth saying since May. It's and really that, bad. And that is why we do color commentary, people. Because white guys say bro and hell yeah. Hell yeah. Why? Hell yeah is dead presidents. Hell yeah. It's some old revolutionary type stuff. No, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's for you, Whitey. I've always wanted to say that. That is for you, Whitey. You said that like on every show we've ever done together. I'm, I'm going to make it a t-shirt. You said that for five years it, to me. It's a hashtag. It's a hashtag. Hell yeah, Whitey. Hell. Oh, that's for you. Hell yeah, Whitey's never been uttered. That no one's ever been like, oh, that white guy? Hell yeah, Whitey. No one's ever said that. Let's begin at the beginning. You asked me to keep my portion of this show clean. Did I swear yet? Did I swear yet? Yes, you started with saying, like, if you don't like this, fuck you. Get out the show. I was no, like, what? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. What? No, I didn't. He asked me to keep it clean. I no, was like, no, stop, stop, you stop. Fucking stop, 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 stop. Look, nigga, I need you. To be silent. 
watch me whip, watch me name watch me whip, whip, watch me. I was like, no, and they play the Jeffersons? Are you serious? And you got a black girl hosting with you tonight? I got to do color commentary sitting next to Rosa Parks? Are you fucking... Oh my God. Are you shitting me? I don't think Rosa Parks had a tattoo on her forearm. That, that said, fuck your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the truth. I met Rosa Parks once, and we've talked about this. I met her, and you know what she said to me when we met? Excuse me, you in my seat. I said, Mother Parks, hush that fuss. Take that to the back of the church. And then he got sued for saying that. Um, <laughs> no, hey, I'm, hell I'm, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. See, when I say it, it sounds rude. It sounds like Stone Cold. I like Stone Cold. He's, he's, the, he's the black guy. Nope. Well, nope. Nope. He is. Like he's his, his the, attitude. He's he says, the whitest guy. <laughs> no, but he's not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan was like a hero at one point. We know uh, now we know it, brother meant nigga. <laughs> Take your vitamins, nigga. <laughs> and this is why I said this segment is for us. <laughs> and you might hate it. I'm they sorry. Don't hate it. They listen, like it. listen. I didn't say that you should keep it clean. I should. I would like this segment to clean both of us because I tend to swear a lot, and I'm trying not to yes, do that. Yes, you do. And I'm, I think it's, it's hockey player. I know. And I think it's better if we don't. Do that. That's too late. All. Too late. I know. We too late. You started screwed. the episode of this. Oh, I know. Three hundred seventy-eight episodes. You started with. If you don't like this, get the fuck out. I'm like, hey, we want an audience tonight. I don't think I did. <laughs> Listen, I probably did. I'm when so you sorry. Edited, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Anyways, um, color commentary. Yes. Why we do this segment of this show? Brandon asked me at one point to do this segment on this show. And we do it, and it's going to tie into what we're talking about tonight. So color commentary, we do this actually to, um, the show is pretty white, let's just be honest. <laughs> and we want to bring down the whiteness in the room, so he found the blackest guy he could find. <laughs> and was like, hey, nigga, what are you doing on Fridays? <laughs> I was like, well, honestly, when I'm not robbing cars <laughs> and running away from my children. <laughs> He's got beautiful children. <laughs> beautiful children. That I take care of. And no. <laughs> right, Rosa? Hey, that's not a... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Stop that right now. That's not a race thing. I never knew my dad either. That crosses all cultures. You don't... I didn't know my dad. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they were the same dad. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I knew, I knew. <laughs> Benny Hill is the shit. Benny Hill, if there was a black dude doing Benny Hill, he would be called Benny Hill Gardens. But <laughs> nope, nope, not yes. that one. Okay. <laughs> White people don't like my jokes. Hey, guess what? Color commentary. Anyway, so we do this segment. We call it color commentary to bring down the whiteness in the room. And tonight, we actually decided to talk about something that we have not talked about in all of our years together, in all of our years of doing color commentary. He and I have never discussed white guilt. Right? I'm so excited. Did you know that that was a thing? I did. What the? That is a, like, uh, uh, let's, round of applause. How many people in the audience, and this is an all-white audience for the people at home listening. <laughs> no, well, it's like it's, 85, it's, a, it's like 85% white. 97. And when black guys <laughs> There's an Asian in front, man, some kind of, some, some kind of brown. There's a person, a I'm couple sorry, of women ra- with ra- raising his hand in the back. Oh, I, I saw, that's D.I., man, I know that nigga. Yay. <laughs> 
He came with me. He came. He's part of the entourage, though. Okay, like not. Okay, you're right. Ninety-seven percent. Ninety-seven. Like I saw two black dudes, but they were white women. Uh, a couple short-haired white girls. So you know they on the team. <laughs> I'm just saying, we all we all have been oppressed. <laughs> but by a round of applause, how many people in the audience? DJ, this means you too. Both DJs. <laughs> How many people in the audience have ever felt white guilt? That really? is a lot. Really? And there's a British guy in stop, the back. Stop, stop, He's stop. Stop, stop, stop. The British stop. don't feel guilty for shit. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I am guaranteeing you everyone that didn't clap felt guilty about not clapping. Because <laughs> I know a lot of you people. Woo. You're lying. You are lying a, to this man. That is a thing. How do you... Like, I grew white guilt, to me, okay, we talked about white guilt, and tonight we're going to talk about white guilt versus white privilege. And literally, to me, white guilt is the ultimate white privilege. Because, first of all, I thought white guilt was already established as religion. I thought, <laughs> no, really, I met the Pope last week. I, he, was, he was Latino, but he was all in, all in white. He had white people working for him. They was like, we feel so bad for all these kids we have fucked. <laughs> Wait, stop. Listen, <laughs> don't be offended by what he said. I went to a Catholic school my entire life. Oh, I'm sorry. And he's 100% right. That happens all the time. They, they put in your mouth, too? No, I'm good. Oh, okay. And if they did... All my friends with the white... I'm like, ooh, they go, I went to Catholic school. I'm so sorry. That was nice. Do you have Chuck Mangione feeling? <laughs> Feels so good. I thought I went with references so, that so no one understands, but thank you so much, Haywood. Chuck Mangione. If yeah. you ever watched The Family Guy, you know who Chuck Mangione is. That. <laughs> Let's get back to what people really want to talk about in the bar. Guilt. They want to Pre- feel bad right now. Specifically, priests having sex with young boys. No, 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 it's no. It's not no. even sex. I'm sorry. Sexually abusing young people because it can't be consent. Now we're on the same page. Everyone's gonna have a laugh. It's gonna be great. Here that we go. Later. <laughs> See, here's the thing. White guilt. I grew up at a time in the, like, I'm, 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 I'm of a particular age. Let's just say what it, like, like, I'm, like, I'm old, right? I'm old. I grew up in the 80s. I grew up at a time where white people literally enjoyed being white. No, I'm serious. Like, they used to make movies, Allison, just about being white. Tell me about Like, have you ever seen The Breakfast Club? Yes. <laughs> like, The Breakfast Club, literally, it had all the degenerates in school. Everybody who did bad in school. Not one brown or yellow like, Judd Nelson was the worst person in the school. Like, literally, the person with the biggest lips in the school was Molly Ringwald. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like, the person who brought a gun to school was Anthony Michael Hall. I knew a dude named Anthony Michael. You don't want to see him in the halls. Like, <laughs> like, Anthony, like, like, the Breakfast Club was, like, literally, like, hey, what are we doing today? Not inviting Negroes. That's what we're doing today. Happy days. At one point, Al was literally Pat Morita. He was like Danielson's instructor. And then at some point, he was no more. Like, like, white people enjoyed being white so much in the 80s. Like, Ferris Bueller got a day out of school just for being white. <laughs> like, the whole premise of the movie is like, what are you going to do today, Ferris? Well, I don't know. First, I'm going to hang on my beautiful girlfriend, Sloan, get my friend, Cameron, get his car, wreck his father's $300,000 car, run from a principal, hang out with Charlie Sheen long before the cocaine, pull baby out of the corner because she's my sister, kick the principal in the face, lead black people in the parade, run from my father, basically Tuesday. (laughs) 
Marsha did it again. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Like, white people enjoy being white so much. Oh my goodness. It, like, like, have you ever seen Lou? Lou? Yeah. No. You ever seen Mary Tyler Moore show? Yeah. That was white. Yeah. Like, white people, like, do you ever see Taxi? Yeah. Have you ever had a taxi driver? How many of them are Jamaican? <laughs> How many in Taxi were Jamaican? My stepfather was a taxi driver, and he was not Jamaican. But anyway, my point is, white people enjoy being white so much, they used to adopt little black children, and just, just because. And this was American black children, long before it was all the rage in Hollywood to adopt an African kid. Like, I used to watch TV and be like, oh my God, mom, this is awesome. I, no, like, you used to see what happened. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, in the poor part of town, and I used to watch Not TV. to be a dick, do you have to say the poor part of town? It's Gary, Indiana, I grew up man. in Gary, Indiana. That's it was all poor. It was yeah. like his suburb. <laughs> like, literally, his people would come over and be like, hey, do you want a scholarship? <laughs> That's all it was. Like, it was, it was never like, hey, here's $20. It was like, hey, do you want to read? I'll be like... <laughs> 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 and then and then they show me Star Trek the Next Generation and I'd be like Ain't that the guy from Reading Rainbow? This could be you. This could be you. <laughs> like that is awesome. Like white kill, I don't understand it. Really quick aside. And we'll like, get, what happened? Really quick, really quick. I just want to tell them. Thank you. Really quick decisions. Um, I like you, right? Last, last <laughs> November, for the five-year anniversary of You, Me, Them, Everybody, uh, Haywood and I did a show at the, <laughs> at the Library of Congress, and he talked about LeVar Burton and Star Trek, and yes. then it led to Reading Rainbow and Roots. And uh, <laughs> we haven't been back at the Library of Congress. <laughs> That's not my fault. They like my bit. They like I told them I was afraid of libraries. And they were like, why are you afraid of libraries? And I was like, because I've seen Roots. And they were like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, the same dude that was in Reading Rainbow somehow wound up on Roots. When I went to school in the morning, he was on Reading Rainbow. When I came home from school, he was on Roots. What in the fuck happened in that eight hours? Get these books away from me. Give me footballs, basketball. Give me something that's gonna get me on fucking on the Starship Enterprise. I need a visor. I need a visor. <laughs> I need a visor because books are trouble. And, and that's <laughs> why we haven't been back at the Library of Congress. <laughs> and I stand by him because that's true and funny. So, <laughs> oh god, it I'm was. looking at your notes. I. But, but here's the thing. Whoopi Goldberg was in the. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg was on uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes, she was awesome. Was on, she? Yeah, she didn't have any eyebrows, but that's another white thing. <laughs> it was like, oh man, I can't have eyebrows in space because <laughs> <laughs> ain't no Koreans here to do them. That was, hey that's a hashtag. <laughs> oh, shit. Sulu loves that joke. But anywho. <laughs> so, like, I don't understand white guilt. Like, I don't understand, like, why, like, you, no one should feel guilty for being who they are. White people enjoy America. You guys have had it awesome for a long amount of time. 
enjoy yourself. Be yourself. You should be feeling great for who you are. Like, I talked to this one young lady, and she was like, I have white guilt because of the construct of racism. And I was like, whatever. Pull your panties down. But anyway. <laughs> Bentonville is sponsored by Planned Parenthood. Um, and you got to plan the parenthood, everybody. My whole point is, what I'm saying is, Everybody should feel happy for who they are. You should not feel guilty for being who you are. My friend here with the long hair. Have you ever felt white guilt? Sure. Why? You have long hair and you a white man. You should not feel, you are Jesus. <laughs> and That's you got an Asian good. girlfriend. You ain't even gonna be, like, you the Wu-Tang Clan. You, <laughs> there's no reason you should feel guilty for being who you are, sir, young lady. Have you ever felt guilty for being who you are, for being white? Can I have $20? <laughs> Can I pay less? See, see, every time I hear white guilt, I'm like, give me $20. And they're like, no, we don't have that, but we got scholarships all in our back pocket. I'm 40 years old. Do I look like I need a scholarship to anywhere, the University of Phoenix? Or <laughs> so, I, so I can raise my people from the ashes or some shit. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Help me out. You know what I need? You know what, you know what I love? You know what's better than white guilt? Thank you. Thank you. Do that. Play that again, because that's what I need. I need more white people to move to my neighborhood. I live in a part of town where that still happens. I need more white people to move to my neighborhood. So, for one, I need the property value increase. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. And I just, I, you know, I want to be able to, you know, walk around with my kids in the neighborhood without worrying about, oh, are those firecrackers? No, it's December. <laughs> Thank you, Rosa. <laughs> Mother Parks always get it. She has a great sense of humor. <laughs> like, like white guilt might as well be white castle to me. Like nope, 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 nope. That's just word association. That doesn't mean anything. What are you does. talking about? It's full of little burgers that just are awesome. <laughs> like no one any... claims to eat white castle, but they are Everywhere. No, I eat White Castle. They're great. Yeah, everywhere. Like, all these little burgers that no one wants to eat, they will mess your stomach up. That is what White Guilt is. It is white Guilt is White Castle burgers. They'll mess your stomach up, but after a great night of drinking, they are perfect. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. It's, so you're saying White Guilt after a long night of drinking after makes After a long so night of drinking is when you feel like, oh, what we did to black people is <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Haywood, I don't think you know what it means to be drunk and white. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm talking about the white person in the gentrified neighborhood. What we Once did. again, I don't think you know what it means to... F I've hung out with white people drunk. I used to play football. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. They're like, man, you're awesome, but you're friends. <laughs> white people, when y'all get drunk, you guys are great. You guys are worse than Thank Indians. Thank you so much. You guys are worse than Indians. Indians just scalp you. White people take all your shit <laughs> and then scalp you. I would like to thank Tignataro for personally curating this show specifically. <laughs> Did she that ask for me personally? I love Tig. She's great. She, she does not have white guilt. She's like, hey, white people, <laughs> I'm one of you. <laughs> and she's from the South. But she doesn't have it at all. I like her. I don't understand. It. I just don't understand. Here's the thing. I don't, it's, not, it's not that I don't. I don't think that people should may be made to feel guilty. If you feel guilty for being white, of course, I have a PayPal set up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have a PayPal set up so that I could, you know, purchase my iPhone 6 Plus. <laughs> like, like, this is how 
that's that's white guilt to me. It's like that is the ultimate white guilt to me. It's like, oh man, iPhone six plus. All these little Asian kids are like, yeah, <laughs> make another one. Oh yeah, that's right. We're hypocrites. That's the point. That's the point. We're I, all hypocrites. I didn't say that. You no, did. I just did. I didn't say white people are hypocrites. That sounds like infidels. No, no, it doesn't. Your point <laughs> is perfect. You this did. is exactly how we should Thank end the you, show. Rosa. Dead Thank silence. <laughs> that's not silence. That means that's the truth that's hitting home. Oh, I know. You're so good. White people don't have souls, so. <laughs> I didn't say that. That was in the Bible. This is actually. <laughs> exactly. It, we're done. We're done right now. We're done right now. The Pope asked me no, to no, read. no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. This he, is he's like right here. It says. This is. This is. This, <laughs> this is how we're going to end the show. Silence? No, kind of. Um, okay. Before I ask you the last question to end the show, yes. I'm going to. Say thank yous. I haven't done oh, this before please. like this. Okay. Let's go in order. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is completely Because sincere. I just made fun of white people in front of a whole bunch of white people. It's, it's great. Like, <laughs> my bus ride home is going to be great. <laughs> what did you do today, Haywood? I made fun of everybody who put us on this side of town. <laughs> <laughs> and just, but I keep telling my friends, winter is coming. That's what, that's what gentrification is in my neighborhood. I say, like, Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Like, that is what gentrification is to me. It's just like, literally, like, my neighborhood has changed. Like, we have um, white walkers, <laughs> day walkers, fathers, all kind of mystical, magical <laughs> creatures. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's how we're going to end it. <laughs>